Welcome into a Monday edition of Hitting Hard with John Chuckery here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Today on the show, you know, it's okay to say both Luca and Trey are great players and it worked out for both franchises. Ronnie is right when talking about how he should play and his style. And will Deion Jones be on the Falcons roster in, oh, I don't know, a month or so from right now? Got all that to get into here today on a Monday edition. It's Hitting Hard with John Chuckery on Locked On Sports Atlanta. This is Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. Thank you so much for tuning in here on a Monday edition of Hitting Hard with John Chuckery on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Head over to YouTube.com. Be a part of the community. Find the Locked On Sports Atlanta show on YouTube.com. Subscribe. Leave us a comment. Leave us a review. Really got some good feedback last week. Appreciate everybody being a part of our ever-growing community. And I want you to follow me on my personal Twitter page at jmch316 now speaking of my twitter page last night it blew up after watching the dallas mavericks just annihilate and destroy the phoenix suns in game seven of the western conference semifinals last night look that was a beat down from the beginning and obviously with dallas moving on to the western conference finals now they were spearheaded by luka Doncic, who had a magnificent series no other way to describe it magnificent series he came out scored the first eight points last night for dallas and really set the tone and just at, at halftime the suns had only scored 27 points as a team and he had 27 points by himself so it was a magnificent performance but you know how it goes at the end of the game my twitter starts getting all the well the hawks had luca and they traded for trey and okay first off can we just say that it's all right to admit that it worked out for both teams, that the Hawks wanted Trey Young. They drafted Luka knowing the idea was going to be that they were going to trade for Trey Young, that everybody knew and understood all that. The deal was consummated and everybody knew and understood what was going on with it. Okay. It's okay to admit that both guys are great players and have done a lot for their franchise. Are you telling me that, while Luca, no doubt, he's the hot thing right now. But a year ago, people weren't talking about the idea of Luca's this and Luca's that. You know, great player, but the Mavericks weren't going anywhere. Meanwhile, Trey Young was leading his franchise to the Eastern Conference Finals. So, again, Luca's in a situation where he's now had the exact same team success that Trey Young has had. And both guys have changed up the franchise, respectively. Look, they're both great players. And, and the idea that one is better than the other, it's all about being a prisoner and living in the moment, right? It's all about because Luke is playing in right now and Trey's not, then all of a sudden it's this, that, and the other. You know, forget all the guys that have to help you. Nobody in the NBA by themselves is winning an NBA championship. That's why we keep talking about the idea of accumulating stars. As great as Trey Young and Luka Doncic are, they're not going to take a team by themselves and run them all the way to the NBA championship. Just doesn't happen in today's league. 
you just saw Giannis. To me, there is no better player, and Charles Barkley and others agree with this, there's no better player in the NBA. You talk about the ultimate two-way player in the NBA. That's Giannis, right? And he, he's a great player, multi-time MVP. He gets all the calls, everything. You can't be a bigger star in the NBA than Giannis is right now. You can't be a better player than what Giannis is right now. And yet they're at home. After they won the NBA title, they got knocked out by the Celtics in game seven. Why? Because they don't have enough guys around him to do enough. Middleton was out for the whole series, pretty much missed most all of the, the playoffs. And they couldn't get enough things going. And they couldn't get enough things going offensively. And Giannis didn't play all that well. And they're knocked out. It doesn't diminish what Giannis is. Doesn't diminish the fact that he is a great player. But in the NBA today, one great player with a cast of some good or okay players isn't going to get it done. And you saw that with Trey Young. It's why we talk about adding a superstar is because when you get bogged down offensively, you need some help. Same thing with Luka. Look, look at the contributions that he's getting right now from different guys. Now, that game wasn't just Luka by himself. He set the tone, no doubt about it, and came out of the gate and dictated that game to the Phoenix Suns. But he got lots of help last night. And that's the thing about the NBA is it's easy to be just in the moment of this guy did this, this guy did this, because they're both the faces of the franchise, right? Giannis is the face of the Bucks. Trey's the face of the Hawks. Luke is the face of the Mavericks. So it's easy to get into this mindset of, you know, this guy's better than this guy or that and the other. The Hawks didn't get it wrong by building around Trey Young, but they have to build more pieces around Trey Young. That's the NBA team. If you want team success, then you have to build a collection of pieces to win the title. And right now, Dallas looks like they have that. Look, Dallas is going to go up against one of the great rosters in the NBA in Golden State. Steph and Clay, you see how well he's playing out. Draymond, Wiggins, Poole, on and on and on and on. You have to have that whole group of guys. When when the Warriors started to get a little bit flat, what they do? They went and got Durant, went and brought went and brought the Slim Reaper, maybe the best offensive player in the NBA, brought him in there to keep them over the hump. You have to accumulate stars. So the idea that one guy is past another or this any other, maybe in a few years we'll look back and Luca will have won three or four NBA championships and Trey Young will be sort of saddled in some mediocrity then maybe we can make some decisions about what the franchises are. But right now, to have gone from one extreme to the other in a calendar year is foolish. And somebody last night was like getting on my Twitter talking about the idea, well, when is a six-foot-one point guard win anything? I don't know. Aren't the Warriors led by a six-foot-one point guard? Isn't Steph Curry a six-foot-one, six-foot-two point guard? Isn't Kyrie Irving a six-one, six-two point guard? I mean, that has nothing to do with it. It's not about Trey. Trey Young played the eighth most minutes in the NBA this year. The eighth most minutes. So for all the beat up, and he's not big enough, and he's not physical enough, and he's not tough enough, he played the eighth most minutes in the NBA. But because he's not playing right now, it's easy to pull back that bow and arrow and start shooting arrows at him and saying he's not this, he's not that, or whatever like that. Meanwhile, 
in a team game, you have to have more than just one guy. And that's the reality of it. That's why there needs to be another star. Whatever that name is on the back of the jersey, pick whatever name you want on the back of the jersey. The point is, is that you have to get him some help in this league. It's just how the league is going. The idea of a whole bunch of decent players getting together and winning a title is not going to happen anymore. You better have some star power and you better have some guys that compliment. Look, Luca's supporting cast shuts everything down in the in the Western Conference Finals and they can't get anything going. It won't matter if Luca scores 40 a night. They won't win. They won't beat the Warriors four out of seven times if it's just Luca and nobody else. Right? I mean, that's sort of what happened last year to Luca in the playoffs. So don't get caught up in this moment of, oh my gosh, you know, Luca's advantage. It's the nature of the game. They're two great players. And, you, and as Doc Rivers said tonight, you're not going to win it every single year. So don't get caught up in the, you know, nonsense of this guy's better, that guy's better. Appreciate them both and understand both franchises got it exactly right with their guys. All right, when we come back, um, Ronnie's right. And, and I'm going to talk about, you know, where we're at right now. He's been out for a few games, but Ronnie's right in what he said. This is Hitting Hard with John Chuckery on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Back with you on Hitting Hard with John Chuckery on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Reminding you, head over to YouTube.com. Put Locked On Sports Atlanta into your browser. Subscribe to our ever-growing YouTube channel. Be a part of the community. Leave us a comment and some thoughts about what we talk about today on the show. And, of course, follow me on my personal Twitter page at JMCH316. Well, Ronald Acuna Jr. did not play much in this series uh, against the Padres. And, of course, missed the game yesterday morning. Brian Snicker talking about Ronald Acuna Jr. said, quote, probably as he gets older and matures, he'll need to scale back. Now, this is coming off of an MRI that Ronnie had over the weekend, which was really the best kind of best case scenario, I guess, is what we'll say about it. Um, having, having some groin injury issues, not necessarily related to the knee, probably just overexertion, but certainly questions now about did Ronnie come back too early, this, that, and the other. Um, he's listed as day-to-day. He doesn't have to go to the IL. So hopefully, you know, as they head to Milwaukee, he can get back into the lineup and things like that. I think people thought he was going to be back on Saturday, and he really didn't play at all in the series. So, But good news is just, you know, some groin strain and just kind of working through it day-to-day. Now, everybody's kind of freaked out now because obviously Ronnie being the linchpin, you know, of all these things, and that's why Snicker made the comment that he did. But Ronnie talking about, you know, where he's at and and things like that. You know, he said that I think the best thing I can do is keep playing the way I play the game. If I try to do anything different, it would just diminish the game and it would diminish the way that I play. And while I understand Snickers sentiments about as he gets older, that's a discussion for another day, though. That's the thing. Ronnie isn't older. You know, at this moment in time, I agree 100% with Ronald Acuna Jr. What makes him one of the most exciting and best players in the game is his overall skill set. We love to throw out that term five-tool player, right? In baseball, that means you can run, throw, hit, catch, steal, this, that, and the other, right? Five-tool guy, right? Well, Ronnie is that. And, and the way Ronnie plays, where he's aggressive on the bases, and he steals bases, and he has great range in the outfield, where he tracks down balls that maybe some other guys can't get, that's what makes him great. 
That's what makes him a great two-way player is that aggressiveness. And in a game where the stolen base doesn't get featured much of anymore, it's why we talk about why he hits leadoff and what the difference is that he makes in the lineup. He makes the other team's defense and pitching work a lot harder. And, and that can be especially important when it comes to be playoff time, where you get such a reduction of the amount of base runners and the style of games that are played in the playoffs, that when you can get guys on and guys on that have speed and can utilize it. I'm, I talk about this all the time with the Braves. To me, the Braves don't utilize their speed nearly as much with Ronnie and Ozzy and Dansby. Even when Ozuna gets a crank, you know, when they get going on the base pass, they can get around the bases and they can take extra bases. And you have some guys that can steal some bases. I don't think they utilize that enough. I think too often they sit back and wait for that three run homer to get cranked out and don't play a little bit more station to station baseball, which I understand that's not the modern game and everything. But that's what makes Ronnie so different is that he is aggressive and he get look. There are times when, right, it's kind of funny to hear Snickers say this because, you know, there have been times when Ronnie maybe didn't hustle on some plays. And remember, Snicker, Snicker pulled him that one time, you know, for quote-unquote not hustling or what have you. But that's what makes Ronnie different. And there aren't a lot of guys like that in the game. Right now, when he's in his early 20s, you don't want a stallion horse to be in a barn locked up so that he can't get out of his own way. You want that horse out in the pasture running free. You don't want to slow down a stallion right now. Sure, he gets to be 28, 29, 30 years old. I'm sure he will have a different approach to the game. And I'm sure the idea of him stealing 40 bases won't be as big a part of his game. And who knows? By that point, you know, he may be moved down in the order and they use his power and production in a different spot. But for now, the last thing you want to do is put any sort of governor on Ronald Acuna Jr. I want him to be a 40-40 guy. I want him, you know, look, I want him to play right field more than center. Could he play center field every day? Yes, he's that good of a player, and his range would be a huge benefactor to the Braves in center field. But I do think that taking some of the wear and tear off his legs by playing right field is the better strategy. But understand that he's going to have great range in right field, and he's going to make a lot of plays for this club. You don't want to slow him down now. So while I understand the sentiment that Snicker has, and, you know, as he gets, okay, but he's not older right now. And, and I don't want him thinking about playing any other way. And, yes, maybe it opens him up to injury and this, that, and the other, but you have to let the stallion run free. You, you, you have to let that horse do what it was born to do and that's get out in that pasture and get out in that field and run like the wind and and do your thing i'm not saying you be reckless i'm not saying you know where, where you start to get reckless is you're running into walls you're diving for balls all over the field when you don't need to right that's playing reckless that there is a difference between being aggressive and playing reckless you know not not worrying about your body as you run into a wall, uh, jumping and diving all over. There are ways to be reckless in baseball, but him being aggressive on the bases and aggressive in the outfield and, and hustling and, and trying to make plays happen. You know, 
that play a week ago, whatever like that, I think the Mother's Day game, where he scores from first base on a double, that's vintage Ronnie. That's what that's what makes him so good in the world of baseball. And yes, it sucks when he's not out. Yes, maybe they have to just kind of slow him down just a little bit, not stop him, but just slow him down. Maybe there, maybe you do mix a day off here, there, and the other. And again, the groin injury isn't, you know, it he didn't re-aggravate his knee or anything. So this idea of he came back too soon or too fast or this, then, and the other, you know, on one hand, you guys fuss that, you know, they 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 were too strict on the medicals. And on the other hand, when he plays, you said, well, you know, he he they should have followed the medicals on him. Well, which is it? He, either he was medically cleared to play or he wasn't. So I've got no issue with the idea of pushing Ronnie at this age. Look, I'm I'm a guy twice his age. I don't recover. I don't I don't recoup. I don't come back very quickly from aches and pains and soreness. But at whatever 20 early years old for Ronnie, he can do all that stuff. He he can come back from all of that. And, and you see guys coming back from these major injuries, you know, all the time. Again. If you want to sit him a day here and a day there, fine. And they will probably do that once he gets back in. My guess is for a little bit here to just slow him down just a little bit. They'll do that. Or, you know, he'll DH a little bit more, you know. And, yes, if that means Ozuna maybe plays a little bit of left field or, to be honest with you, you sit Ozuna a day or two here or there too, which might do him some good, I think that they'll start to mix some of that. But I don't want Ronnie's style to change, and and this isn't this isn't a situation where he's re-aggravated what kept him out before. This is just you could see it, you know, in that final game against Boston that he was laboring, that you could see that after having stolen a base and making you know he made two big plays in right field where he had to go back to the wall and then he had to go over to the right foul line and and pick off a ball. You know, he was exerting himself a lot and probably sort of strains him. He could have done that when he was 100% healthy. But I understand it's an easy tie-in to say that, well, he didn't have spring training, this, and the other. There may be some legitimacy in all of that. But that's the only way Ronnie knows how to play. And while on one hand you say that the Braves, you know, wanted to do this and they didn't, they, you know, they followed this procedure, but then they didn't. Uh, again, they're not going to put Ronnie completely in harm's way. If he wasn't ready to play, they wouldn't let him play. And Ronnie wants to play, you know, more importantly is that the athlete wants to play at the end of the day and you have to trust that he has a sense of his own body. I'm not saying that he's trying to hurt himself, but you have to trust that he has a sense of what he can do and what he can't do. So again, we'll see when Ronnie comes back, it's all a day-to-day thing, but you don't lock up the stallion in a barn, man. You let that brother run free and loose and ride like the wind out in the field. Why, when we come back, will Deion Jones be here in a month? We'll talk about that next. It is John Chuck on Hitting Hard on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Welcome back into Hitting Hard with John Chuck on Locked On Sports Atlanta, reminding you head over to YouTube.com. Check us out there. Put Locked On Sports Atlanta into your browser. Subscribe to our ever growing channel. And of course, give me a follow on my personal Twitter page at JMCH316. Well, the question is will he or will he not? be here. So Deion Jones, obviously, look, has become sort of a polarizing figure for 
the Atlanta Falcons and in, in fans because, you know, for a guy who a few years ago looked like he was on the rise and was certainly sort of one of the model linebackers in the NFL with the new scheme and system that Dean Pease has brought in, it does seem like that there isn't that sort of fit. You know, Deion Jones is a lighter guy that runs sideline to sidelines and can make some plays, but more importantly is he can be a guy who's a really good coverage linebacker. And that's what his specialty is. And that's one of the things that made him one of the up and coming stars in the NFL. But in a system like Dean Pease, where you only have the three man front, oftentimes you're getting some of those offensive linemen that are coming up to challenge him. And you've seen, he's just not big enough, physical enough to be able to take on some of those blockers. So it has become sort of, is he a scheme fit or not a scheme fit in this defensive system? And he's a guy that Arthur Blank came out and said, will be a Falcon for life, gave him the big contract extension. Will he, or will he not be here come, let's say July 1st? I have a strong feeling that they're going to move on from him. You know, they just signed this kid that played with the Bears, this uh, Kiyokoski that had been with the Bears and was drafted by Ryan Pace and this, that, and the other. He's an inside linebacker. They obviously drafted Troy Anderson, the rookie out of uh, Montana State, second-round pick. So they've made some, I don't know what you want to call them, contingency plans on the idea of if they were to move on from Deion Jones, both those guys, Anderson and Kiyokoski, they both are inside linebackers and guys, you know, Kiyokoski is a guy who started, you know, he has started a whole bunch of games. I think he's got like 35, 36 starts, which may not sound like a, a lot, but but he has started and played in 77 games. He's a guy that you could plug in there if you're trying to talk about rebuilding and a little bit bigger, more physical guy. But it just does seem like that. While I thought maybe the end of Grady's tenure was coming, I think now the end of Debo's tenure is coming here. And and right, wrong, and different, what have you, you can think or feel whatever you think about Deion Jones. I, I just think that in this scheme and system where you look now, maybe he's just not the right guy. And as you're transforming your roster and making some changes, you know, to everything, first off, the only way you're going to get Debo off the books at a reasonable amount is you have to trade him because even if you cut him after June 1st, you still have like $18 million of dead money. You still have way too much dead money involved for next to no savings on the cap. And right now, right now the Falcons don't need cap savings. They freed up enough with Garrity's restructure that they can sign the rookies, keep some money in the hole for later in the season and still go out and get a guy or two. So right now, as far as needing more money on the cap, they don't need any more money on the cap. This is a matter of whether or not Deion Jones is the right guy to be in the middle of this defense. And, you know, you've seen them bring in a whole mess of these linebackers, right? Lorenzo Carter, Rashawn Evans. They still have Michael Walker, you know, that's out there. I just think that we're going to see Deion Jones end up being moved. You know, I've seen names like Washington, Philadelphia. Um, I've seen the Raiders uh, be a team that that could be linked to him. Look, Deion Jones still has a lot of value in this league. There's still a need for guys who can run and cover and do some things. And he's a pretty good tackler, but he's not a guy who can take on some of these bigger guys that come toward him or some of the offensive linemen that come toward him in only a three-man front. So don't be surprised if 
by about July 1st. And nothing's going to happen before. It's only May 16th today. Nothing is going to happen before June 1st because you you can't do anything with Dion's money uh, uh, until then. I mean, that's just the reality of the situation is you have to wait until after June. But I'm not going to be surprised if right after June 1st, not June 2nd, but not long after that, but before we're headed toward training camp, that Dion doesn't get moved. And, you know, it'll be another one of those pieces that you look at and say, you know, what was of the old Falcons, right? There are very few of those guys left from the Super Bowl team. Think about who's left from the Super Bowl team, right? Jake Matthews was here. Deion Jones was here. Grady was here. They've gotten rid of most everybody else. Matt and Julio and even Josh Harris, their long snapper. You know, most of those guys have moved on. So those remnants of what is left from both the Dan Quinn era and from the Super Bowl era are gone. And it would be another one of those quote-unquote Falcons for life type of guys that Arthur Blank tagged a few years ago that gave a big money extension to and things didn't work out and regimes change and players change and things like that. That's the nature of the business, you know, in the NFL. I, I Me personally, I don't think Dion probably fits this defense and you'd like to just see him move on to a place where he could still succeed. I still think he's a good player and I still think he has value, but before you kind of play him another year in a system where he doesn't fit and his value diminishes. And I don't know what Deion Jones's value is on the open market. I mean, I will say this, you're not trading Deion Jones to get a lot back in return. Right. I mean, that, that, that ship is probably kind of sailed on the value that you'll get back for Deion Jones. You take whatever you get. It's, it's probably going to be a late round pick. It's more just a matter of, moving on in the system, cleaning up the roster a little bit, and, you know, honestly getting another high salary guy off the books. I mean, if you're if you're going to be in cap purgatory and you're trying to clear as much money off as you can all in one year to open things up moving forward, then you might as well move on from Deion Jones. If he's not going to be a great fit for the defense and he's not the guy that he once was and he's got a big money contract for it, you can find a bidder. And if that means... Honestly, it's a fifth or sixth round pick, then so be it. Then then that's the reality of the situation. You know, take your emotion out of it. Take the idea of what he is or is not and what he can still be for this defense out of it. I just think that I expect by July 1st, somewhere in that range, 4th of July, but certainly before training camp, we've seen the last of Deion Jones in a Falcons uniform. All right, we thank you so much for being a part of the show today. Head over to YouTube.com, subscribe to our YouTube channel, Locked On Sports Atlanta. Find that link, subscribe to the page. We're growing all the time. Leave us some comments about the, what we're talking about, and uh, I do read through all of them, so really appreciate all the feedback that we got last week uh, on the shows. Follow me on my personal Twitter page, at JMCH316. And we also ask you, too, as you make us your first listen, make A to Z with Mark Zinno your second listen. The return of Mark Zinno to the Atlanta sports airwaves and you can hear his opinions that you may not like, but you know, you got to hear him a to Z with Mark Zeno is part of locked on sports Atlanta as well. Free and available wherever you download your favorite podcast. We will be back with you tomorrow on hitting hard with John Chuckry on locked on sports Atlanta.